Hello and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And today, I am a very happy post-party birthday boy. Yay! Thank you, thank you very much. He made it. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't die once this year. Oh, I guess it's me now. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I've got these on. I'm a super chub, and I'm a little. I'm a party pooped boy. I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm. I had fun. I had a lot. Talked to a lot of people. I ate some cake. I ate some little hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. And I'm just a little. Uh. <laughs> it was an epic party. It was a great. You know, if we had to wait the however many years it's been since quarantine, it was worth it. Yeah. Uh, my name is Michael. I am a chubby chaser, and um, I am a, a pooped out party boy. Uh, but I'll be a birthday boy in about a month from now. Ooh. So Yay. we're just rolling right along. And Trevor's a birthday boy. Trevor and Don both oh, May right. birthday boys mm-hmm. after that. So it's going to be birthdays all around. Yay. Did I mention I was first? <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> hey there, my name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood. And today I am the, my God, I'm not hungover party boy. Uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, Dan's party was celebrated with many original Dan drink concoctions. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, In yes. classic Dan fashion, um, they were mostly alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I wasn't aware of that until I was about three drinks in. And <laughs> I, I remember most of the party. I hope I was not inappropriate. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you were great. Good. You were mm-hmm. great. Okay. Yay. <laughs> I'm going I'm to hold that. I'm just going to, yeah. and we're moving on. Yeah. Once we, <laughs> you know, once we got you in that other room, you could snore to your heart's content. We, we, you were just fine. <laughs> I remember something about a fire department, but that's... No, no. That, 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 the number of men is highly exaggerated. <laughs> I just didn't know you could fit all of us under the piano like that. All right. But that's why they call it a grand piano, Don. <laughs> oh, the mini well, grand's still hopping. All right. If you, if you couldn't tell, we're back in the same room again. Yeah. Our, our giddy, chaotic energy comes out the most when we're actually recording together. Um, but it's very exciting times. Uh, we are, let's see, still doing Patreon. That's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're still like, yeah, we're still doing that. Well, so, and we will have so, had our, uh, our long, you know, our, our long tease. Uh, we will have a mini sub that I think has come oh. out or coming out. And within the the week of this episode, yeah, it's hard to tell because we're recording in the past, yeah, like far in the past. Well, let's get right on to it. Let's do it, pop culture, baby. Take off your hat. Yeah, we're here, baby. And, and we have our voices too. We forgot to mention. Yeah, oh yeah. I was so I afraid was I was hoarse at the end of Dan's party. Yeah, I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to talk today, but I can. So I can tell you all about uh, Lizzo. Lizzo is in Jezebel talking about Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria's and Secret is out. So yeah. we came up with we, we we did this article. I don't know. Whenever it was Victoria's Secret, was like, hey, we're body positive now. Look at our new ad campaign. What was a few months ago? Yeah. And we our I think our take was basically like. Do we really trust this? Well, it was a whole new shade of pink, Michael. A whole yeah. new shade. A whole new shade of pink. <laughs> a whole new shade. No, and they the thing is, and I think what we came to was that they never owned what they did, then they never apologized. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, you want to see companies like take a positive step forward, but they need to own their shit first. And they did not. And so Lizzo is coming out and saying, like, 
this feels really disingenuous. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) And see, we weren't alone. Yeah. We led the trend. Lizzo, because she's a listener of the she's podcast. She's definitely a listener. She's clearly know. leading, following our lead on these things. Dan's face right now. <laughs> no, He's there's, so there's, over it. There's a joke in here, and I just don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Lizzo's take was this is a win for inclusivity for inclusivity's sake, basically. They're not doing this because they're genuinely trying to make an effort. They're doing this because it's in. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's part yeah. of the trend yeah. right now. Um, and you can see that in, in Victoria's Secret's, uh, not the spokesperson's response, um, their media intern. Yeah, I guess it, no, it is a spokesperson, um, told people, people magazine on Saturday. Well, from the point that this was written, uh, that the company is, and this is, this is fantastic, like business jargon. Mm. Listen to this. Always, they're always innovating and ideating in all spheres oh of the God. business to continue to put our customer at the center of all we do. What the fuck does that oh, mean? Man. Okay. You know, when I taught business English, I would <laughs> try to beat that out of students. You know, it's just like, it's, I know you got taught that in your marketing class, but don't talk like no, that. <laughs> you can use that sort of marketing talk to other marketing people, but if you try and go out to the public like that, you look, you make your company look like an That asshole. is somebody who is like two years out of, out of marketing business school, and like that's just how they type. <sighs> and the, 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 here's the thing, like, that was your opportunity, Victoria's yep, yep, Secret. That was like, it, and that you're not going to get chance. another one. You missed... <laughs> Like, <laughs> you could have actually made a stand for something, and instead you came out with that bullshit. And I love that. The, so the the person who wrote the article, Rattlin May Banting, really gives it to him for that. <laughs> and in fact, they summarize the end of the article. Um, let's see. So at least for now, unless the company can somehow prove its intentions are a product of genuine reflection on its damaging business model, a girl can dream. Or sorry, ideate. (laughs) I will be joining her and declining to applaud them for the bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yep. And I'm curious to see, you know, so next year. So like this was um, part of their like um, shareholders call and they also had like a Valentine's show. So I'm curious to see what next year's, you know, kind of pre-shareholder mm-hmm. show well, looks I think they're like. currently pre-visualizing that ideation. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I'm curious if it's just going to be, you know, we're, we've been talking a lot about the, the shift back to, like, heroin chic 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if, like, they're going to go back to that of, you know, I guess, like, withered angels. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't the whole thing with buccal fat? Like, people are losing their buccal fat. Getting their buccal yeah, fat removed. their cheek, cheek fat. Or um, buckle fat, which I refuse to say. Buckle, yeah. <laughs> B-U-C-C-A-L. It doesn't look like that. Um, the, so supposedly Victoria's Secret's thing that they might be taking back, but they haven't confirmed it or bringing back is their fashion show. Um, mm. Which And so this that would, I guess, be their opportunity oh. to have the plus-size models and have the plus-size <laughs> oh, I, I Models? Be, yeah. Really? I'm sorry. Mo- model? One singular? Yeah. We don't know because they haven't confirmed they're doing it yet. They've just sort of hinted at what they might possibly pick up 2024 Victoria's Secret fashion model is in a fat suit. <laughs> oh god. Uh, that would 
be amazing. That would be amazingly crass. That would be so amazingly fucking terrible. Crass. Yeah. We got uh, this. We got this on a uh, leftover brave sale from yeah. the whale. You know? oh. we, yeah, we looked at the whale and saw how well that did. So we thought we'd adopt <laughs> wow. that sort of concern for our customer. Oh my god, have it? No, just the fat suit, <laughs> like with wings attached, like <laughs> being on a pulley going down, <laughs> and no. everyone just losing their minds. Like yes, they would so change brave. it for that. You know, they would change it to a crane. <laughs> Just crane lifting this poor fat suited model. I'm just in. imagining like the spokesperson is sitting in his dark room with his little popcorn watching the whale and he's like, oh, I'm ideating. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> so brave, so strong, so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> One year later. Uh, okay, people, let's move on. Yeah. I have an ideation that we must review our next article. Yes. <laughs> um, so ne- next on the list, uh, speaking of heroin chic. Oh my God. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, um, now, now look. You know it's going to be a fun article yeah. when the big, guess, so, big fat gay podcast is reviewing anything having to do with Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, uh, it is. Yeah. It is. A, there's a good bent here. <laughs> not, not because of her though. No, <laughs> no. And I think the the so basically what happens? Gwyneth Paltrow came out with you know her recommended you know here's what I do in a day and I start with coffee and then I move on to bone broth. And then it basically, and, and what was really great about this was the comments yeah. mm-hmm. that people were really going after, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't a health plan. No. This yeah. is disordered eating. This yeah. is an eating disorder. No, it's the art of being well. Cause that, that was the show she was on. The, uh, yeah, the, Cause the show is the art of being well, but the comments were all about like, this is incredibly toxic. Yeah. And the yeah. win is that people realize this as opposed to, I don't know, decades past when people would be like, Oh my God, that's so brilliant. I should eat only grapefruit. Well, and so Gwyneth Paltrow came out in response to the backlash saying, like, you know, this was, this wasn't me advocating this as a lifestyle. This is me talking about, a, you know, a plan. I came up with my doctor because I have long COVID and I've had a lot of inflammation because of that. So this is or maybe because of the how diet. I treat inflammation because <laughs> your body is attacking itself. Because yeah. you're I can't do- help oh, by feeling that cutting out all food is probably not great for inflammation. By the, by the way, the doctor she's referring to is the, is the host of the podcast. Yes. Oh, there you go. So she does. So she says that she says, this is not all I eat, but the thing is she doesn't, say that in the interview. Well, and she has very famously had very insane takes about food yeah. and has said, you know, I would rather smoke crack than eat cheese. Which, oh which leads me to believe she's done neither. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> she may have smoked cheese and eaten crack. Looking, oh, you know. That's not the Well, because she was, you know, high from not eating and she got them confused, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's, you know, irresponsible to claim that like, oh, well, I'm not advocating for this when she, people look to her as this, you know, figure of like wellness, having a whole brand of wellness. Mm -hmm. Like what I really loved about this is the level it, it rose to this controversy of Gwyneth Paltrow on a meaningless little podcast and the backlash from, I don't know where these listeners came from. TikTok. TikTok. Well, cause you know, it makes the rounds. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it caught the attention of CBS news and CBS news is talking about this controversy. <laughs> and one of the comments that kept happening over and over and over again is the, the, the label of almond mom. I yeah. love this label. Mm-hmm. I love this. And I've so, never heard it before. And this. so I was so curious cause I mean, you can kind of, 
maybe you know. Anyway, so I so I I did a, di- a little deep dive, mm-hmm. and it's uh, this is this is according to CBS News that explains the term almond mom. And CBS says a so-called almond mom is a mom who p- pushes toxic dieting, like suggesting their child eat one almond when they feel hungry. It is unclear who coined the term, but many use the term to describe Yolanda Hadid's actions in the 2012 episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. When then budding model Gigi Hadid tells her mother that she feels weak and her mom says, oh, eat a couple of almonds and chew them really well. Oh, Jesus. It's so descriptive, though, because as soon as you hear that, you know what that means. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you just Hyper micromanagement. I, I didn't diet, go to yeah. there, but what I did remember was like there, when I was a kid, there was this whole thing about like uh, package your snacks have 18 almonds. 18 mm-hmm. almonds <laughs> is the perfect size snack for anyone. Yeah. There's so many people dead now from 19 almonds. Not just yeah. for anyone, <laughs> Don, for everyone. For everyone. 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 So the Human thing, engineering. One of the things this article focuses on, too, is that uh, the Gen Z has been the most vocal yes. anti, yes. like, what that. the fuck. And, and it's really fascinating to see. And I love that they're so open to calling out this sort of body ideal that and and you know obviously it's not the entire generation you can't paint yeah. a generation with a brush but on TikTok which is undeniably their space mm-hmm. this is like these are the comments that are coming up and to the point that somebody even wrote in the comments I love that we're all like not on board with how yeah. she's handling this yeah. like we may get to a point gentlemen where clothing companies can't convince people to alter their body to fit their clothes <laughs> I'm, cu- I'm curious when Gen Z starts getting attacked the way the millennials did for destroying certain industries. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. You know, like uh, millennials have been destroy- uh, blamed for destroying the napkin industry. <laughs> uh, well, Applebee's? You know, straws. Like, straws. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine, you know, Gen Z accused of dismantling the diet complex, <laughs> the, di- the yeah. industrial diet I complex? I would die happy <laughs> if, that, if I got to observe that happening. It would, I just. I would just applaud every Go young Gen person Z. who walked past me. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how old are you? 10 years younger than me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the kids are all right. Shall we move on to Fat Watch? Yes. I think we can. Let's please do. Um, I would have to remember. Eagle, I summon you! Which button is it again? It's been so long. <laughs> Do you feel it? Do you feel the breeze? It's Fat Watch! 2023. You smell the orange groves. It's here. I smell them. I have We're to admit, hands. in my mind's eye, I always see Trevor clutched in the uh, the the grip of a giant eagle, happily soaring across the fields as he's. Well, sure, because he's just thrown the ring into the giant see, volcano. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> see, I always imagine Trevor riding the eagle, <laughs> like um, like uh, never-ending <laughs> story style. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you knew Trevor, you'd know he would have nothing to do with being on the back of an eagle soaring above nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be. That's scary. Um, and Trevor, I don't know, speaking of scary things, um, it's a there's a there's a lot happening in all across the country in um, anti-trans bills um, legislation. Everything. If you yeah, weren't man. aware, America is a fucking shit show right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and I compiled some resources for NAFA's newsletter um, that I wanted to share with everyone. So if it, it's a. Can it's I read a, your title? Yes. Because this is a tr- this article on NAFA.org by Trevor Kizan, Director of Volunteerism. Oh, yeah. It's so official. Yeah, I'm official now. That's, That's right. He's thing. titled. 
<laughs> I'm not just a member at large anymore. <laughs> He's a large um, entitled member. <laughs> um, but no, I, I wanted to, uh, so every month NAFA compiles anti-racism resources and, um, you know, trans people of color are especially affected by all of this. And I wanted to kind of gather stuff for, you know, people who want to be allies and support their trans friends and family, um, but are kind of just overwhelmed and like, I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, so in these resources, I um, compiled some of the different organizations, like resource guides for like, here's how you be an ally. Mm -hmm. I also uh, shared a Google Doc where people have compiled all of the trans orgs that are black owned and operated. Mm -hmm. Just because, I mean, every trans person and organization is really hurting right now because just, you know, it's very frequently trans people working and running in these organizations who are just kind of overwhelmed and distraught and in pain because of everything going on. And they're being specifically targeted. I mean, yeah. they're having to bear the brunt of like most of the, like it, it used to be anti-gay. Like that was yeah. the sort of easy, mm -hmm. we were the easy targets. Mm -hmm. Not anymore. No. They've given up on anti-gay. They had to go down to a smaller sliver of the LGTB niche. Yeah. Well, hoping to separate us out from the pack or uh, them from the pack. Yeah. Um, and like if you have, um, if you're in an area where you've been affected by book bans or, you know, you have family, like niece, nephew, whatever. Can I just repeat that for our international audience? Mm -hmm. They're banning books. Yeah. Yes. When, when has that ever occurred before? Uh, what? I mean, good guys have all banned books throughout history. There are so, <laughs> so many examples of the good they guys. They were vindicated. Oh, yeah, when, the books. when Gandhi banned those books in India. Yeah. When Mother Teresa banned those books, you know. Martin Luther King over <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you, so if you're in one of these areas that's affected by these book bans, um, the Brooklyn Public Library has a program that they launched last year um, where you can get a library card no matter where you live if you're, uh, I think it's 13 to 21. And so you can check out books through the Brooklyn Library's virtual system. So they have like, they have ebooks, they have audiobooks. I think they also like, you can do some movies and stuff too. They're um, using the internet for good. And it's called the Books Unbanned program. Mm. Yes. Um, and then also there's this organization, Right to Be, um, which specializes in bystander intervention training. And they have done all sorts of different kind of specialized trainings. They did one uh, on uh, supporting trans equality bystander intervention training, which um, was at the end of March. I think they'll probably do another one coming up. And they, they check them out. They have regular different trainings for in-person and online bystander intervention training. Uh, the National Center for Transgender Equality has guidelines on um, how you can take action on a national or state level. And you can also sign up for email alerts like to be notified if something's happening on your state. And they will contact you saying like, hey, this is happening where you live. Here's the people to contact, you know, your local legislators to so you can contact them to try to prevent it from going through the House or Senate or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a scary time. I think it's going to get a little scarier. Um, there's just so much happening, and there's so much of it that it is hard to keep track of. So I don't know. Be aware. Be be kind. Check out these resources. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I know we have a lot of uh, trans listeners, and we love you and appreciate you, and we're going to yeah. try to do our best to support you in these terrifying times. Yeah. To the allies out there... Uh if if you find it <clears throat> hard to get yourself started on something, just click one of those links. 
ignore the rest, just click one and do a thing yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Whatever the call to action is, go do that one thing. And in the past, especially in the gay male community, I've noticed sort of a lack of feeling of responsibility for the other people in our LGTB community, right? Um, like, there's this weird animosity towards lesbians that I, oh. I've never understood. Yeah. And I've, you know, that anyone who lived through the, the AIDS crisis knows gay male community owes everything to the lesbian community. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. stood by us when we were in hell. And I can't stomach that. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the, the T and the LGTB right now. The Republican Party is intentionally trying to separate us, them out from the rest of our group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Along Hoping with the that we will not stand yeah. with them the way they stood, stood by us. So we cannot allow that. We have to do this. Yeah, it's a classic authoritarian tactic of create hate to distract from real issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, moving on, we have uh, our main topic today. Yes, we do. Is inspired by a listener who wrote in with a wonderful letter that we are very happy to share with you. Yeah, so, but I. Take that. <laughs> Good. Okay, so uh, a listener writes to us, love the podcast. I'm a civilian listener and was excited to hear your call for allyship questions in today's episode. That would be a different episode. Uh, My older sister is fat. She was straight-sized until her mid-20s when she gained weight. Over the past few years, she seemed to be getting more and more comfortable in her own skin, which I've been really happy about. But oh my God, do our parents have a problem with it. Just as a tiny example, last time we were all together, she didn't want seconds of dinner, and my dad went, oh, Oh, that's great. I experienced probably 10 Mm. seconds of confusion before I realized that he was saying that her not having seconds was some kind of accomplishment. Uh, She just didn't want seconds. These little comments happen all the time, overt and not. It's hard to talk to my sister about this dynamic because she hates talking about her feelings about anything, uh, but it clearly bothers her. Behind the scenes, I've tried to encourage my parents to be more supportive of her, to say, focus on her successful career, her family, her hobbies. But even when I'm explicitly telling them to stop focusing on her weight, I've gotten responses like, oh, so if she mentions exercise, we'll support her by encouraging her to do more of that. Honestly, I feel like I unintentionally spawned that weird comment at dinner. So also just for context, my dad is also fat, though smaller than my sister, and my mom is someone who, whose weight fluctuates. She was swept up in the Weight Watchers industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I'm trans and my parents are super supportive, but it makes the whole thing with my sister even more fraught. How do they come to put so much effort into just understand and support me, but they won't do the same for her? This is all to say, I would love to hear your tips for allyship, specifically with family. I know that things have improved in at least a couple of your families. How did you do it? What did you say? How long did it take? Uh, since I'm not the one getting these comments, it's hard to figure out setting up boundaries and also how much do I speak for her? If it were a partner, I would just take them and walk out and tell them we won't visit if they make those comments, etc. But it's my sister. Mm-hmm. Help. Oh, boy. That's a rough one. Mm-hmm. There's so much in this. It's, it's kind of gold just because there's so many avenues to explore here. Thank you for writing. Yes. yes, thank yes, you. yes. Um, we will endeavor to be helpful. Um, so I think there's a couple of angles to kind of frame it. One is like, has this happened to us and how do we deal with it? Two, that, that thing about you want to speak up, but not for the other person, Mm -hmm. especially when they're in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think the hardest complication is that the person feels they can't talk to their sister about it. And which would be my first avenue of like, you know, have a conversation. What, you know, my, cause my thing would be, if this were happening to Trevor, it's like, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you feel like you can't have that conversation, that complicates things. 
Yeah, that, that was what I wondered about was had they talked about it, if they had, to what degree, and was there, you know, it, it, yeah, so if, having a sense of what yeah. is needed. I feel like if, if talking to them, talking to the perceived victim in the situation is off the table, I think the only way for your own self-care, like your own self-help and happiness, is to proceed according to your own uh, conscience at that point. So if your conscience is telling you you need to stand up for them in the moment. I, I don't know if it's the best advice, but I feel like that's the only way I could be it's, happy. It's what's troublesome because, you know, you know I, I would say this. I think there's a difference between, hey, sis, can we have a really long conversation about your feelings about body image and the way our parents attack you constantly and really sit down and take me ever into your inner soul? Or... I've noticed mom and dad can be shit sometimes. Is there anything you'd like me to do or not yes. do? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. So it's just, it's kind of a yes or no binary question to start. Mm -hmm. And then it can open up into something deeper if the person wants. But really it's just like, it makes me uncomfortable. I'd like to do something, but I don't want to mess things up even and worse. I would say while you're there talking about mom and dad, if, if they're willing to open the door in that situation, talk about your own relationship to them too. And so, you know, talk about like, I want to be supportive of you in this situation. I don't know if you want that. Right. And you know? I wonder if there's some guilt that the parents seem to be so uh, accommodating yeah. of the person's trans nature, but not of the of their sister's fat nature. I can address <laughs> that, I think. I, that, that one I do get. Um, where in their minds, all of this is coming from a place of love and wanting that person to be happy, right? So, oh, you're a trans person. I've received the message that, Forcing you to not be trans is going to lead a, into a lifetime of problems. Mm -hmm. Supporting you in the transition is, I have been told, a way to help you find your happiness. I can do that, right? But the perception of fat is frat is a condition of unhappiness or, or leads to unhappiness. So the parents feel vindicated in the, I am want you to be happy. I'm going to attack the problem. Yes. And I think the fact that both of their parents... You know, the dad's fat, the mom has, her weight's fluctuated, she's yeah. been in Weight Watchers. I, my I thought of this was like, you need to talk to your parents about their own shit. That is very true too. And I don't think in the moment is a good time no. to do it. But yeah. be like, you know, when it comes up with the parents, when they if they're with you and they bring up your sister's weight or something, being like, you know, why is this such a thing for you? And like, mommy, like I know you have got, you know, done Weight Watchers and all this stuff and that this has been a lifelong thing for you. But like, you know, sis seems to really be happy and, and I, she I, seems I, to be in a good place. And like, what, like maybe you should take a page out of her book and just really like accept where you're at and just kind of like try to make peace with your body. I, I think that'd be great where I think this lives for the parents. And again, this is just a guess, but what I guess it comes down to that old thing with, with fatness about blame, guilt, and fault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it 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 way it it very well may be that the reason the parents can be so supportive of a trans person is that well, it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. That was a huge thing with my dad. It's like, well, he's gay, but it's not his fault. It's like a birth defect. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's kind of how my dad thought of it, which which got him that through. generation was kind of enlightened. Yeah. Got him through, got him yeah. through, and I'm like, you know, I'll take the win. And but I think because the parents have direct experience of gaining and losing weight, 
they see fatness as a changeable condition that one should change. They do not see uh, being yeah. trans as that. Yeah. And I think that because, again, being trans isn't your fault, but being fat is your fault, so stop being fat. Or it may potentially even worse, that they feel that it's their fault that yeah. she's fat. I, like oh, if maybe. They if they maybe. didn't raise, like if, if only I hadn't been fat and she, you know, or like yeah. if, I, if I, I was a so she, needs to be, so she needs to be thin to cure my own guilt well, about right. my own fatness, parent, which is where, Tre where Trevor's it's going. It's the yeah. stage mom thing. It's the yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. couldn't do, so you're going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. Well, and also it's the familiarity with the, the difficulties of fatness since yeah. they experience yeah. themselves and they want to protect you from that. Yeah. My my mom was so toxic with me when I was fat, you know, fat kid. That I'm going to be toxic with you in a completely different way, <laughs> so that you, so that you don't experience fatness the way I did. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think honestly, possibly a solution is the the advice Dan gave. I think in episode two of our podcast, or maybe episode one, was like, you, "My body is not a topic of discussion." Well, but yeah. the sister has to say that. Yeah, the sister has yeah. to say that. You can't. You, you say can't, that for her. Yeah, and also it, this also leads into something that I thought was a really good springboard here: the nature, <laughs> the the substance and nature of microaggressions, because the father going, "Oh, wow, that's great," that's not an insult. That's like this little. It's only insulting by context, right? Yeah. Which is how microaggressions operate. They're insulting by context mm -hmm. because the words themselves are nothing you can call someone out for, mm -hmm. except the context makes it, you know, mm -hmm. really ugly. And the problem, what's so insidious about microaggressions is that when you call them out, when you say, hey, stop that, you become the bad guy because mm -hmm. your words are aggressive. Their words were only aggressive by context. Yours are overtly aggressive. And so you get into this thing where all of a sudden the victim is the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and even more so when you're not the victim, you're standing up for the victim. And it's just this huge unraveling of context. And so what I recommend in those situations is that, because I've been in those, where someone says something really like nonchalant, like, like, oh, wow, you're dating that guy. Good for you. Yeah. And you're like, what? And you're not even sure. Like, yeah. I'd be like, I'm not even really sure if I've just been dissed or Trevor has, but <laughs> like, and there, and, and I'll say like, oh, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. And they'll, yeah. and so you, you, the, the, the trick is to always use questions and, you, and I say, what do you mean? And they go like, well, I just think it's really great that you don't see just people's exterior, which makes me furious. Cause it's one of those things where like, you know, it, it, where I, I am, I'm sort of stripped of my nature as a chubby chaser. Like, no, I appreciate that. That's not a, that's not a negative or something I'm ignoring. That's something I actively like. Mm -hmm. And so I will come back with like, uh, I'm not ignoring anything. I think he's damn hot. <laughs> and they can put that wherever they want. Like, oh, he sees the inner beauty or whatever. But, and they'll probably not follow up, but at least it leaves me feeling empowered and expressed. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care what they do with it because all I need to do is not get that flung on me. Mm -hmm. So I guess my, my coaching, if, if that's what's, what's being requested, is to follow up with questions like, hey, what did you mean by that? Or tell me more. And this would be mm -hmm. for the sister. No, this would be for or the, for the, this would be for the, for the, uh, the person who wrote us, okay. because again, I understand the dilemma of you do not want to speak for someone, especially when they're in the room. Mm -hmm. That is really icky. 
that is really, really icky, especially when, you know, I know having been a fat kid, the worst thing someone could do was like, now, now let's open a conversation about fatness and eating. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not yeah. want that in the room right now. I want the whole thing to just fucking go away. Mm-hmm. Which sucks. Cause like what I said in the beginning is like, I want to jump in. Mm-mm. No, like, you can't. I want to, it's, it is, it's a yeah. natural want. To it's do not, this. it's not that it's not your fight. It's that you have no right to you have no right to declare war on someone's behalf. Yep. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a way, going back to what Michael said about the thing, like with you know, episode one, two, if you don't get an opinion about my body, I think there's a way to, you know, when the listener is with the parents and they bring up the sister's weight, I think you can stand up for your sister there and say like, you know, you don't get to talk about so-and-so's body that way. And you don't get like to do that and really open up a conversation just about in general, because I think even if it's not the sister, if it is something where it comes up where, you know, so-and-so at church or so-and-so on TV and they start this really negative dialogue, I think you can shut that down. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what you're saying, Trevor, though, too, is that you're talking about having this conversation with the parents without the sister. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's like. Do not drag your sister into this. Yeah, uh, that's not fair. Again, that's declaring yeah. war on someone else's behalf. And again, the questioning, mine too. Like, like, what do you, what do you, you know? Hey, Dad, when you said that, what did you mean by that? And just like, yes, because that's the entree into what Trevor was talking about mm-hmm. of discussing their body issues, which is really where this is coming from. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is, and and that's what I was just thinking was like, because the, the listener has clearly tried to like divert, like help them focus on other things. Oh, she has a great career. She has other things going on that you can engage with her on, and that's they're stuck. Like they can't go to those things because they're stuck on the body. Yeah. Well, so and you've got to address it somehow. Yeah, and I think stuck is a way to say it. Another way to say it, it's literally a blind spot because they're like, of course we would support career just like we would support her weight loss. Mm-hmm. Those are equivalent. <laughs> those are acts mm-hmm. of achievement. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> you know, geez. that's how they're seeing it. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. And, 100%. And they don't see that they see it that way. They just, that's the air they breathe. And so it is... If you attack it, it's like attacking the air. They're not going to get it, and it's just going to create a rift. You have to get them to see what they don't see, not in terms of how they're damaging the relationship, but just of how they have diet culture implicit in their mm-hmm. brains. You know, like, you know that stuff you're breathing? It's called air. No, no, I just I just do this with my chest. Well, There's no you air have there. To, <laughs> you have to help them get there. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. just tell them. If, yeah, you, if yeah. you just call somebody out and say, this is what you're doing, they they didn't get there on their own. And I think I think... The situation with maybe with you, Michael, and your family is more analogous. I suppose. Because mm-hmm. with Trevor, Trevor can stand up for himself and that's what he did. Yeah. But that's not what the, the, the author of our letter isn't in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My family, we didn't, none of us are fat. So it's, it's, it's different, but I definitely come from that. Like my mom was an almond mom, Yeah, but she wasn't like gross about it. She wasn't like cringy about it, but she definitely was that like, I want my kids to be healthy and I'm going to try and be healthy and here's, I'm going to try and do it. And I, I think it was on the level of, she doesn't count the almonds, but she definitely chooses almonds over peanuts. Yeah. It may not have even been that extreme, it, but it was definitely like, oh, we're picking wheat bread instead of white bread. Right. You know, it was like mm-hmm. decisions like that. It was yeah. basic stuff. Yeah. It wasn't too crazy, but it was definitely there. Um, how do you, did you say like they wouldn't let you have uh, children's cereals, right? Yeah. We, we didn't have like, a lot of like sugary cereals. Sugar was a big thing that was avoided. So guess what? I have a sweet tooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So how do we address it? I mean, th- for me, what improved was it was really just doing the podcast and making making the conversation. And so I think in a very, very broad sense, 
the only point that it actually changed in my family, even though I was an out person who dated fat men and like brought them home and like they were long-term relationships and we were very serious and like and they all met my family and my extended family and I did that for almost a decade but it didn't really change anything right what changed was when I started doing the podcast and there was a conversation around it but what was Mm -hmm. the conversation you had I assume not just in your family or was the conversation like hey I do a podcast I mean what did you say to I shared the podcast and I said this is something I'm doing you should get guys should check it out and they went and listened to it Ah. and they heard me talking Do you think there's anything, and I know this is hard to surmise, but was there something that you think might have made an impact on your family in the podcast, meaning they took away a lesson? They took away, like, oh, he said that, and that really hit us. I mean, it's hard for you to judge, I'm sure, but. I mean, I did, the the main conversation that I've had that was over, there were two things that happened. One, uh, both involved my mom, and I guess she was on either side of the issue. So the first one was a couple years ago, uh, I was home for Thanksgiving and my mom said something, I don't even remember what she said, but it was something along the lines of not thinking that a fat person could do mm-hmm. some kind of movement. I think it was mm-hmm. uh, going on a hike or whatever. And she wasn't being like judgy mean about it. She no. just literally didn't think it was possible. Right. And so my my older sister and I simultaneously said, actually, we know that this is possible and here's examples and Dexter and whatever. And like, just sort of educated her. And she was like, oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, it was, but that was a knowledge gap. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a knowledge gap. Or expectation, you know. And then the more in-depth conversation was recently, it was like last summer that my mom and my stepdad came to visit. My stepdad used the word obese because we were talking, you know, we're talking about something podcast related. He used the word obese. And I was like, actually, that's not really, that's not something you should be saying because that's actually a microaggression on its own. And it's used to, marginalized fat people and and it's this like healthist attitude and I was trying to explain it I wasn't doing a very good job of it and so my mom jumped in oh really and explained it for him nice. uh, for me um and that but that came from her having done her own research like she listened yeah. to the show mm-hmm. yeah. absorbed it took it in and like actually applied it to her life I think what's different here though is that neither of your parents have a horse in that race yeah if yeah, you that's are, what I mean yeah if you you know because the parents in this situation are fat have been fat have struggled with being fat so Trevor's bang on. I think you got to, it has to be just with the parents yeah. about the parents. Yeah. Because otherwise you're starting to talk for the sister and. And about their issue. Yeah. About yeah. the parents. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, cause yeah, you can't talk for the sister and, you know, and maybe have a conversation with the sister also yeah. separately about, Hey, like I've noticed this. Is there something I can do about it? I would like, you know, I feel like there's something I could do. Yeah. Do you want me to do something? I mean, it's a very simple yes or no question. Do you want, you know, I've noticed this. It's bothering me. Do you want me to do something? Like, should I do something. And, and then that could be a no. Mm-hmm. But great. That's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Or yes. Okay, great. What would that be? And blah, blah, blah. Then, then you can have the conversation. But notice that it always starts with a question. And that's, that's the way in with Trevor's recommendation with the parents. Start with something innocuous. Like, you know, when you said this at dinner, dad, what did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. And, and like, not because you don't know or not because, well, maybe I got it wrong, but you know, maybe you did. Uh, but really because you may find like, this would be classic the dad actually never remembers saying that. That is classic. Or denies, like, I never said that. Well, that's what I mean by never remembers it. Like, I can't, no, because if I had said something like that, I would have, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, having them repeat what they said can, sometimes the entire conversation can happen in their own head when they realize. Absolutely right. Absolutely (laughs) right. And you may may have very little work to do. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I remember, one of the the worst things I remember my dad ever saying to me was when I was explaining to him, like, 
No, I generally only go out with guys that are attracted to my body, right? His response was, he didn't even think about it. He just said, well, like, you can't settle for that because, you know, Ooh. there's something wrong with them. Yep. Right. Uh, Welcome to uh, my life. <laughs> right. I mean, that was his response. Yep. I mean, keep in mind, this was 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, but when I asked him, about, and I actually took the method, like, well, what did you mean about that? Yeah. And admittedly, it was years later. He had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. Of course. And couldn't mm-hmm. even conceive of saying that. Exactly. You know, so. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, though. It would show, because the object of the game is not to nail their foot to the floor about having said that. Yeah, exactly. But if they said that, and then whatever you said, 10 years, 20 years later, they don't remember it, is that because they can't conceive of having been the person who said it? Like, they've changed so much. I I have made the choice to go with that in my head. I don't know if it's (laughs) good or not. Well, I mean, if it works for you, it gives you peace. Go, you know, take the win, move on. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Keep us posted. I would love a follow-up. On this, if there is one, yeah, and hopefully a good follow up. Hopefully, hopefully a good even follow-up. if I don't, know, I would. Uh, if they Look, goes bad, get your anyone. parents on the phone. We'll talk to them. Yeah, a <laughs> <laughs> call in episode. Michael's number is two one. No, want to get the mom and daughter like, what's your problem? <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> now listen up. <laughs> I'm only going to say this once. No, uh, we're ba- we uh, we got a hot tip. Hot tips. Hot tips. Hot tips. <laughs> yeah. um, it's Chicago. Our hot bah, tip bah, is Chicago. <laughs> Just the tip. Well, Just the tip. Uh, he had it coming. <laughs> Speaking of Chicago, so this uh, Joy Toast, which is a new uh, plus size clothing company. That's a great uh, name. Based, Joy Toast. Joy Toast. Uh, based out of Chicago. Um, so they had a successful Kickstarter at the end of last year. Um, so they have some clothing coming, but they currently have um, some bag straps, some jewelry, belt socks. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to their big old towels. It is a, a big old checkered towel that looks so cozy and wonderful. I want one. The, the biggie check towel is 34 by 95 inches. But on the, uh, the product page, they show the, uh, deme- the, the measurements of all the models so you can get a sense of like how the towel will fit around you, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. Um, and by check, they mean literally it's a checked pattern, like yes. black and white checkers. Like a checkerboard. Pa- like a checkerboard. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks very fashionable. Um, and it's huge. It's, is it meant, it's meant to be like a beach towel, but I suppose you could use it for anything. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, it's, for a lot of, I think for a lot of our listeners, that will be a bath towel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Velvety soft. There's a loop side, um, 95 inches of length. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I will say, it's pricey for a towel. I hope it's like the best quality towel you ever bought. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it ain't cheap. But honestly, cheap towels are cheap, cheap. towels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's true. Like t- most towels are cheap. Most towels suck. So if you can actually get a decent one or a great one for a decent price, yeah. And the, the thing about towels is it's not like if you buy a cheap one, you'll have to replace it more often. No, you'll just suffer with the same bad quality towel yeah, every bath. Scratchy <laughs> piece of sandpaper that can't make it between your shoulder blades. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> We have a bit today. Good, because I remember talking to you last night, and we did not have a bit <laughs> at that point. There was a little bit of scrambling when I got home. <laughs> oh, that, that was before that magical drink that you tried down. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, let's hope some of this makes sense. All right. So since we were talking today about 
uh, trust and love and wanting to protect those close to you. I thought I would end on a sour note by delving into people who betray that trust and (laughs) use that loyalty against you. Oh, fun times. Uh, I like your leaping off points for all of these points. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're talking about some of the most famous con men in history. Ooh. Um, And some of these are genius. So let's start off with Victor Lustig. Uh, Victor Lustig was an infamous conman and imposter who scammed people across France and the United States in the early 1900s. Which of the following events is he not famous for? Oh, okay. Meaning he didn't do them? Yeah. Which which of the following things did he not do? Okay. Uh, One, selling the Eiffel Tower (laughs) repeatedly. (laughs) (laughs) Selling fake counterfeiting machines to rich people on cruise ships. Oh boy! I'm, I'm selling selling what? Counterfeiting? Counterfeit machine? Uh, counter, yeah, make money counterfeiting machines. on cruise ships. Helping, on cruise ships. God, that's genius. But the counterfeit machines were also fake. Yes. Nice. <laughs> no, but the cruise ships—that's genius. Um, Trevor, take notes. Dying on the <laughs> Titanic while using a stolen ticket. Hmm. Or four, conning Al Capone. Yes, that Al Capone out of a fortune. I'm thinking Al Capone or the the Titanic. I want to say the Titanic because I feel like it would be hard to figure that out if he died on the Titanic. Well, I mean, if he had a ticket, because you said he... Oh, a stolen ticket. It was a stolen ticket. Yeah. Uh, He stole the ticket, used it, and died because of it. I totally believe that he sold the Eiffel Tower, and I totally believe that he sold fake uh, counterfeiting machines. Uh, I'm going to say the the Titanic ones. I think the Titanic one, yeah, I think it would be hard to prove that he was okay. on it if he had a fake ticket. We got two or for the Titanic. Dan, where, where's your, where are you casting your lot? Oh, dear. They're all so completely possible. Um, I think I have to go with Titanic. Oh, we got three people going with the Titanic. Yeah. Are we going down? Are we going down? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're all going down, but you're also correct. Oh, yeah. Yay! Yay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy. Uh, this guy was fascinating. Like the the Al Capone story, he conned Al Capone out of a fortune. For uh, for international fortune. audiences, Al Capone was a famous famous mobster yeah. from the like and what, early nineteen hundreds. And yeah, yeah. And then so what he did was he turned around and then he basically went back to Al Capone and said the deal that he told him he was doing didn't work out and returned all the money. And Al Capone was so impressed that he gave him a very large reward for it. Oh, wow. That's wild. Yep. (laughs) That is gutsy. All right. (laughs) Our next one. And I forgive me if I cannot pronounce this name, but then you will understand why this name is almost unpronounceable in a moment. George Salmanazar. Let's go with that. Born in the mid to late 1600s, became a British celebrity after penning a supposedly true book about the faraway country of Formosa, now, now known as Taiwan. Everything in the book was bullshit, but his book and he himself introduced all sorts of misbeliefs about the country. Oh, Jesus. What was <laughs> that it belonged not, to China? <laughs> what was not a belief he introduced to England about Taiwan? Oh, my God. What a shitty thing to do. One, he invented an entirely fake language and alphabet of Formosan that was so credible linguists completely thought it was real. Two, that the Formosans practiced cannibalism regularly. Mm. Three, that viper's blood was a common breakfast ingredient. And four, that they believed the world was flat. I'm I sorry, so which of these is did real? Did not do. Yeah, which of these is not something he made people Oh, in not England? something. Oh, yeah. not the language. He did three of them. He did three of them. I think the language. That's, that's you think guess. the language? Yeah. Okay, we got one for language. Language. Two for language. It's the language. Okay. 
The one thing he did not make the Brits, the Britons think about uh, the Taiwanese was that they believed the world was flat. Oh, oh wow. I forgot about that one. Oh, okay. oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... That's, yeah, I should have gone with that. Yeah. That's obvious. Yeah. The language thing was actually very impressive. The, yeah, the yeah. language was run past linguists, like academics, and they judged it real. Yeah. So hmm. yeah, nobody nobody really thought the world was flat. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Until you know, until the flat Earth Society in America. <laughs> right. Even the Greeks knew the world was round. All right. Last one. Ferdinand de Mara was a Royal Canadian naval surgeon in the 1940s. There, he successfully removed a bullet lodged near a soldier's heart, along with a number of other successful medical procedures, despite having lied about ever receiving any medical training whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> After he was exposed as a fraud, uh, simply because he got so famous for the things he was doing as a medical uh, soldier, what happened to him? One, he was court-martialed, discharged, and then sued the army for wrongful termination and won. Two, Canada did not press charges and his life was made into a movie. Hmm. Three, he left the Navy and started a song and dance troupe with hmm. a number of the sailors hmm. from the ship he was stationed on. On the good hmm. ship, <laughs> Or four... With the Navy's permission, he enrolled in medical school, graduated, and returned to his post in three years. I think that one. Oh, dear. I think he went to medical school. It's Canada. They're forgiving people. I'm going to go with the medical school. I'm also going to go with medical school. All right. We got all three going in for medical school, but that is not the correct answer. In fact, (laughs) the movie that Canada did not press charges... Um, and his life was eventually made into a movie starring Tony, Tony Curtis in the late 60s. But isn't that really the same as medical school? <laughs> very, very. Was he allowed to keep practicing? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Until he got it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trevor, if we have a listener that is currently masquerading as a Royal Canadian Naval Surgeon, where should they go to, to admit their wrongdoings? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Five stars there. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. All the podcasts, all the reviews. We're at 94 people. I want to get to 100. Damn it. (laughs) Damn it. We are on Patreon. It's the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Patreon.com slash Big Fat Gay Pod. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Well, maybe you're like us and you have delicious sandwiches waiting outside. (laughs) (laughs) You open the door to go get them. But Gwyneth Paltrow's there. Ah, Watch out! (laughs) (laughs) It's terrifying! (laughs) I was actually scared. (laughs) Wait, does she have almonds? (laughs) 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 So spontaneously wonderful. (laughs)